Madeline, and you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast, episode number 124. What can you do if you have troublemakers and trolls in your online community? It's a great question and one that we think many people might wonder about. So we invited an expert to help us sort it out. Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza. In this podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? This episode is brought to you by the Communities That Convert Facebook group. Come join us in our private group because it's the place where we continue the conversation from here. All you have to do is go to Facebook and look up Communities That Convert and look for the groups, or you can go directly there at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Communities That Convert. And be sure to use our secret word, action. Yeah, action. Andrea Weckerly is the founder of Civilization Nation and author of the book, Civility in the Digital Age, How Companies and People Can Triumph Over Haters, Trolls, Bullies, and Other Jerks. She earned her Juris Doctor at T.C. Williams School of Law, University of Richmond, where she also served on the senior staff of the Richmond Journal of Law and Technology, the first exclusively online student-edited law journal in the U.S., In addition to her law degree, she underwent extensive mediation training, earning certificates in commercial mediation and conflict resolution processes. She also holds a Master of Arts degree in public relations and conflict analysis and resolution from George Mason University. Sevilla Nation is a nonprofit that is taking a stand against online harassment, character assassination, and violence. They provide resources to help companies and individuals protect themselves online, including a list of attorneys that specialize in cyber harassment, privacy, and more. They also produce the Civilian Nation Academy for Online Conflict Management, and it serves as a free global library of real-world information and leading advice about strategically managing the misinformation, clashes, and reputational hits that occur online on a daily basis. I've been involved with Civilian Nation since 2010, serving on various committees and now the board of directors. I'm so glad to have Andrea on the show. Andrea, welcome to Communities That Convert. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. I want to just jump right in because I think there's some misperceptions about what a troll is. We're going to be talking about trolls and really bad actors, I think, in, in different communities. And a lot of people that listen to this podcast, they either are community managers of a community that they run themselves, or they are a part of large communities or a a social media marketer where they're having to grow communities. And I think it's really important to just understand this phenomenon of trolling and sort of where that comes from and who, who are these trolls? Sure. So it's really important to understand that trolls are not, uh, people who may be simply disagreeable or who have a bad day. They are individuals who intentionally provoke or disrupt or hurt others for fun and sport. They initiate and try to sow online conflict. That's really what they do. They are not at all interested in legitimate debate or in moving a conversation forward, even when they pretend to be. 
getting a reaction, in fact, is what they live for. And the more intense and bigger, the better. They sow division by posting things like inflammatory remarks or off-topic posts in an online community or a social network. Yeah. So are all trolls the same or are there different types? It would be great if they were all the same, but there are definitely uh, varieties. And I'm just going to share with you a couple of them uh, that you more likely than not will probably recognize. One of the most common ones is the ones that are called like psycho trolls. And these are the ones who are particularly vile. They enjoy mocking, harassing, intimidating, and tearing others down. What's interesting about them is that they feel good when others feel bad. And then there are uh, the other ones that you see a lot online as well. And these are the flamer trolls who don't make any valuable contributions to a post or a group. And instead, they just run around making inflammatory comments to get others riled up. Another type of troll is the hit and run type. They make a post or two, something outrageous or uh, sometimes even a little bit benign. It might not be the worst type of things, but they throw it out there in the community and then they disappear after they've achieved the goal of upsetting others or creating chaos. And uh, the fourth one that I want to mention, again, there are several others, but the fourth one I want to mention are vendetta or stalkerish type trolls. And those are the trolls who go online and leave disparaging and untruthful comments about someone they dislike or see articles posted about. And they chase them around the internet so that they can make sure that this individual or organization or community is maligned. And in one particular egregious case, I saw a troll do this not just for weeks, months, but for years, 10 years, in fact, and still going strong. Wow. Uh, And that's actually the kind of troll that came after me, (laughs) I'd say, when you think that last one. Yeah. Well, except fortunately, it didn't go on for years and years, but it did go or actually it did. Let me let me let me think back, Cammy, if if I'm thinking correctly about the one you were uh, Mm -hmm. referring to. I think that was that one was about two years, wasn't it? Two years it was. And what was the fourth? You called them what? Could you go over the just say the four names again? So you had. Yeah, yeah. I I called it the psycho trolls, the flamer trolls, the hit and run trolls, and then the vendetta stalkerish type trolls. Now, in reality, these can blend together. It's not like a troll says, well, let me decide what kind of troll I want to be. This is more for analytical purposes to try to figure out what is the best way somebody in a community, let's say a community manager or a community founder can decide how they're going to deal with them because different things, trolls react sometimes in slightly different ways, but they all have in common that their whole goal is to hurt, intimidate, and create chaos. So is there different ways to handle each type of troll then? Is that what you're saying? Well, it can be. If a troll is doing something, and this would be a relatively benign troll, although I, I tend to think that trolls are not at all benign, but let's say somebody's somebody's acting in troll-like behavior online. They're not necessarily full-time trolls, but they're doing something trollerish because they're bored or they're having a bad day. You know, maybe you, you can send them a private message or you get to know them a little bit and tell them to knock it off or, you know, what the heck is is your problem? What's going on here? And they might disengage. But for the ones who are almost uh, full-time professional trolls, it's really, really hard to make inroads with them. And in fact, I want to talk a little bit more about that uh, later on. Yeah, sure. Yeah, later on today. But more often than not, what you do on your end is going to be more productive than trying to get the bot, uh, excuse me, the troll to change something on their end. And I just just mentioned a bot because that's what I was thinking of. I do Mm -hmm. want to make a difference between 
a troll and a bot uh, because sometimes people tend to confuse the, the two. And bots are, as you probably know, becoming really, really prevalent online. Bots are automated social media accounts that are run by an algorithm, but they pretend to be real people. And Twitter, my goodness, Twitter is full of them. Some things to look for in trying to identify a bot is whether they had a recent creation date of, let's say, their Twitter account, a higher than average posting rate. They'll go boom, boom, boom. You know, they'll have 10 things about the same topic out there and a high degree of anonymity. They'll either either have some very benign bio or they'll have something that is very inflammatory or very polarizing. Uh, These days, we see a lot of people with political symbols on their profiles Mm -hmm. or uh, anything else that people may care deeply about, let's say, um, like uh, environment or faith or children or health or, you know, any of those topics. The other thing to look for with bots is amplification, because what bots are trying to do is boost the signal of other accounts by retweeting, liking or quoting them. And the reason it's important to be able to differentiate between bots and trolls is that Trying to argue with a bot is 100% always a losing proposition. It just doesn't work. Right, because it's not a human. I just think that's really interesting because it's just gotten so messy out there. You also talked about the hit and run troll, which I think is an interesting one too, because sometimes they will just, again, like come in and like throw bombs and get people all excited. and, And then they'll delete everything they said and it'll make somebody look really crazy. I've seen that happen too. Have you... I have seen that happen. Now, you know, if it's a troll doing that, that's very strategic on their part because they want to be able to claim they didn't do something that they very intentionally did. But when people are looking at that, they also need to make sure that it wasn't somebody who rethought something they may have said online, whether it was a comment or a post. I mean, that that's a little bit outside of our our conversation today. But we have to we have to allow people to make mistakes online and try to rehabilitate what they said or rehabilitate themselves. Obviously, it's always a question of nuance. It's a question of what exactly did they say? How bad was it? It's very situation specific. But while at the same time, what I'm really, really glad to see online is that we're starting to hold people accountable, both individuals and organizations, politicians, not so much yet, but hopefully one day. But we also need to, in addition to holding people accountable, we have to give them an opportunity to learn from that. Otherwise, in effect, what we're doing is piling on and creating a worse online environment than existed prior to that. Are trolls just people who disagree with or criticize something online? I mean, aren't they covered by freedom of speech? Okay, that's a great question, a very interesting question, and one that we talk about a lot here in the United States in particular, because we have very, very strong freedom of speech laws. So what I would say is that, no, generally not. Trolls are not people who simply disagree or criticize with something they find online, although there can can be some overlap. And that's why some of this is, is occasionally tricky. It's really important to differentiate between someone who's venting online, let's say because they're having a bad day or haven't learned a more productive or healthy way of dealing with their frustrations, And then somebody whose extracurricular activity entails going on a troll rampage for personal entertainment. Think back to, we were talking about the various trolls out there, the the fact that they really enjoy wreaking havoc and hurting others. The former can be approached in a constructive and respectful manner, while the latter will usually try to escalate as a means of projecting their own frustrations at the world onto others. 
Contrast that with social critique, for which there has always been and continues to be an important place in society. Being able to address the numerous ills plaguing the world through spirited debate is necessary and, in fact, a hallmark of a strong democracy. Well-founded, robust arguments won't disintegrate under sharp criticism. But there is a fine line between challenging someone's position or views and trying to personally eviscerate them for fun. We need to remember that trolls' whole reason for being, in fact, is to intentionally provoke and hurt others. They aren't, as I said earlier, aren't interested in legitimate debate or in terms of moving a conversation forward. And so it's nonsensical to try to engage them in any type of honest, honest exchange. In fact, engaging them can be counterproductive because they feel empowered by attention, even if attention is negative. And this is what's so hard for everybody online to understand. If, if you do this, if you engage with trolls, you've handed them a win. And then there are a couple of exceptions, which I'll go into a little bit later. But as a general rule, you've everybody's heard the phrase, don't feed the trolls. Yes, don't feed the trolls, because that's what they want. And even if it's any sort of reaction, a negative reaction or anything like that, they're like, ah, they got it. They have an in with you. And then they can dig deeper and try to try to stick that knife in even more. As a general rule, they're much more likely to lose interest and move on to a new target if they're ignored. And this applies to both public settings, let's say Twitter, and even uh, private online settings. But you did ask something about freedom of speech. And with freedom of speech, what I'd like to suggest is that people think not just about what they are allowed to do under the First Amendment in this country or in other countries that have uh, strong democratic opportunities to express their views and, and their likes and dislikes. So we need to look not just at what we're allowed to do, but also make sure that we create an online environment where others are allowed to express themselves as well. Because what happens if we attack other people to the point where they disengage or where they are in fear of their safety, what we've effectively done is taken away their freedom of speech. That's very interesting. Thanks for sharing yeah. that. No, it's so true. And and that's something that I've, I mean, obviously, I'm part of the organization, Madeline at Civilination. And this is like, one of the things that I find so interesting, because it's so counterintuitive to what people talk about with freedom of speech is that it's not just the freedom of speech of the person that's spouting off their ideas. It's also the freedom of speech of the people that are being suppressed, even by them, their own self. You know, you don't go out and you don't say what you really think, because you're afraid of these trolls coming in and taking that, that over. Also, Andrea, there was something else that I wanted to kind of ask you around that. And you talked about two different kinds of things, like a person that's having a bad day and then like, you know, professional troll or whatever. But there's also people that are just certain viewpoint or make changes in the society, right? That they're out there to do something. And um, we've seen it in all of the online stuff around fake news and, you know, the Russians and all that stuff. And I think there might be some of that going on too, a little bit. Uh, sure. But I, w I wouldn't call those people necessarily trolls. They may be aggressive people mm -hmm. or they may be, yeah, I, I guess aggressive people or people who are using a less than effective method of expressing themselves. I mean, certainly when there are issues that people care deeply about, it can be identity issues or it could be uh, things that passions of theirs. Uh, let's talk about climate change, for example. There are some people who believe it, well, most people believe it. There are some people who unfortunately don't believe it, things of that nature. And so you can have clashes of individuals or or let's let's use a different example, actually. Let's say there's something about 
you know, parents, right? If parents have school-age children, and the question is, you know, should they uh, have unlimited access to social media or shouldn't they? People can be very, very, very strongly about that. And so they can go online and argue to the point of being attacking and insulting, but it still stops short of trying to completely what I called earlier, eviscerate somebody, annihilate somebody. And that's where the part I, the point I was making about spirited debate, right? We can have spirited debate. It is not always comfortable. It's not always pretty either, but that's okay. Robust ideas and a robust society will allow that. But again, it shouldn't be personal. It should be fact-specific. It should be content-specific. It shouldn't be because, Cammie, you know what, I'm looking at you and I just think you have you know, the worst look in the world and I don't, like, I don't like you at all. And as a result, I'm going after you for that versus, let's say, some sort of view you have. And I can argue the point. I mean, those are some of the things we need to look at. And so some of the things that we're talking about today in dealing with trolls are equally applicable to just dealing with difficult people online. But mm-hmm. again, and the point I'll probably make a couple of times today, but again, you really need to figure out what your end goal is. If your end goal is just to get your frustration out online and spew forth, then please just let it all hang out. But I don't think that's what most people want to do. They want to sit there and affect positive change online or convince somebody of their viewpoint. And they're not going to do that by being screaming lunatics or getting their lynch mobs behind somebody else. There's got to be some sort of a degree to which they, they pull back. And again, the point we we're making earlier, fighting an idea or finding an issue, fighting an issue or fighting a problem versus going after somebody themselves or their families. Again, big caveat, of course, these days in our uh, very polarized political climate in a social environment that is dealing with a lot of very, very difficult things, it's sometimes hard not to make things personal. End of the day, it's going to make whatever we're trying to advocate for or against much more effective. Does that make sense? Totally great. Really, really good point. So are there particular platforms where you feel that trolls are most active? Yeah, so I wish I could tell you, I mean, there are some, you can look at uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, right? Those are some of the ones where uh, trolls, are. they just just love to go there and and do their nasty trolling things. But at the end of the day, trolls really can be found on all platforms. And more specifically, they're going to be on the platforms where they believe they'll have the most impact, which could be based on how large a platform is, who the users or members are, how easy it is to spread their message, and so on. You can even find trolls on comment sections of websites or news sites. And in fact, uh, recently, what I've found is that even very successful YouTube channels are disabling comments. Why? Because they just don't want to have some nasty troll go in there and change the, the climate of the whole engagement of comments that has been going on, because it only takes one troll to change a dynamic. That's really powerful. I, I, what do you think, Madeline? I mean, I, oh, have yeah. you seen that happen before? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, this all makes perfect sense. And I, I'm sure our listeners are getting so much out of this. It's an important conversation to have. It is. And I think we often just skip over it because it's kind of a hard conversation. We're not going to leave you, though, there with all the problems. We're going to kind of 
delve in and get out of Andrea some of the solutions maybe, or at least some ways to go forward. So how about how we can deal with trolls in online communities? So say I'm a community manager, there's a troll that's coming in and and sniping. How do I deal with that? So what I want to do is I, I want to set kind of a conceptual framework. If there are specific examples you want to share a little bit later on, we can do that. But I want to kind of set a framework so we're, we understand what we're looking at here. And obviously, your listeners are community managers, so they, so they know what communities are like or what they're comprised of. But let's say you have some listeners out there who are just kind of wondering what different types of communities there are. And the way I look at communities is maybe slightly different. They can be, they can consist of people who might share an identity. I earlier mentioned, I mentioned parents of school-age children, for example, or uh, communities where uh, members share a goal. For example, let's say people who want to start their own business or even an interest, let's say they're runners. But regardless of what kind of community it is, at some point, they're going to have to deal with trolls and even the best communities will face them. So how you deal with trolls is going to differ in part based on the type of community and where the behavior occurs. But the important thing to do is to remember that you want to be strategic in dealing with trolls, not reactionary. And I can't stress that enough. And I personally know how hard that that can be because we're all human. And if we come across a troll who's hitting all those right buttons, and that's what trolls do, they're experts at this. It's really, really hard for the best of us to sit there and say, okay, I've don't feed the troll, don't feed the troll, don't feed the troll, but that's what we have to do. So I mentioned Twitter earlier. Twitter is a completely open environment, or you also have some Facebook groups where they're open. People can join a group. There's no barrier to entry and they can just sit there and engage. But on Facebook, you do have the option of having a group's creator or admin set certain parameters around it. And that gives you more more leeway or more decision-making power about how you're going to deal with a troll in situations like that than completely open environments in Twitter. But, but let's go back to Twitter. So for example, many communities have tweet chats, which are online conversations that take place at a specific time around a predetermined uh, subject and which uses a dedicated hashtag. And that's how everybody who's interested in that particular topic knows to get online or they can track it later on. But because Twitter's an open platform, it's easy for anyone to interject themselves into a conversation. And while engagement is exactly what tweet chats are after, the goal of the people within that particular community who participate in the chat is to advance the conversation and positively, hopefully, contribute to it, not an attack and undermine, which is exactly what trolls do. But what I mentioned applies not uh, to other situations as well, not just to tweet chats. Uh, so you can often find a troll tweeting at or about someone on Twitter to get a reaction or leaving an inflammatory comment on a community's Facebook page. I mean, I, I see this all the time. So when a troll interjects themselves into a conversation, you'll often find people reacting by directly replying to, or in the case of Twitter, even retweeting what the troll said as part of the reaction. and. When people do this, their reply isn't well thought out or measured, but an emotional reaction to, to what's going on. And this plays directly into the hands of the troll. What it does is two things. It lets the troll know that they got a rise out of you, which is what we talked about a little bit earlier, which mm -hmm. is their whole goal. And it also, what, amplifies the troll, right? Yay for the troll, bad for whatever it is you're trying to stop. Usually a better approach is not to publicly react. 
this does not mean doing nothing, which is what people are afraid of. There's various things you can do. One of them is, and I would always encourage people to do this, contact a platform that this happens on and tell them it's violating a platform's policies. Now, we know, of course, that historically platforms haven't been great at getting rid of trolls by deplatforming them or censuring them in some other way. But there are a few cases where trolls have, in fact, been banned. I'm thinking of some people who I don't want to give the uh, the recognition to now, but they are uh, some alt-right people or some white supremacy supporting individuals who have been deplatformed from various places. But another way of dealing with trolls is to get fellow community members to jump in. So without directly responding to a troll, for example, community members can drown out the impact of a troll's tweet by leaving supporting or redirecting replies, thus steering the conversation in a different direction or showing that the troll's view is a minority and that the troll didn't have the impact that they wanted. So not replying to the troll themselves, but just like making other statements out loud, because I think that happens too. And I know, Madeline, you have a very popular tweet chat, so you can jump in at any moment here. But I would say that if a troll jumped into your community and started, you know, tweeting Twitter smarter, and you didn't do anything or say anything, your community would start to tell you about it, right? I've had this happen before. It's been a while, but there's been times during my very popular Twitter chat where some trolls have come on. And what was bit, what was really cool about it is that I have such amazing community members that they jumped in in my defense and like nipped it in the bud so quick before I even had a chance to do anything. So, which is just amazing. But yeah, I mean, you know, with Twitter being an open platform, you're definitely subjected to trolls taking over things. And when you have a Twitter chat, you don't have control. I mean, you know, people want to coordinate an attack of trolls. They could. And there's nothing you can do yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, that- but, but I do have a question, though, for you, Andrea. So I don't know if you heard, but early this year in 2020, Twitter said that they're coming up with, I'm not sure when exactly this is going to launch, but a way to control who can reply to your tweets, which I think will be amazing in combating trolls. Like, as we know right now, if I tweet, you tweet, everybody can see it. It's, it's a global tweet. So anybody can see it. Anybody can reply as long as it's a public, not a private account. But they're going to be able to make it or will be able to make it so that we could change the setting as we tweet to global group. Group would be people who follow you. So if if you if a troll or people that I follow. So if I'm not following a troll, then they would not be able to jump on the conversation also panel. So that'd be anybody you mentioned the tweets. So I put at Cami chat, then Cami can reply to that tweet, but no one else. So only people I specifically mention in the tweet. And then that you can set it for nobody, which means absolutely no one, just whatever you tweet, no one can respond. Do you think that that's going to help combat this by all of us having the ability to decide who can reply to our tweets? I think it's a really positive step forward. Because again, earlier I was saying that Trolls are enormously good at pushing buttons and people being who they are. Sometimes we're just going to have a weak moment and we're going to respond we're going to react. And actually, I said respond instead of react. I do want to if I can just take a moment to explain the difference between reacting and responding, because it's really, really important. Is that OK? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Great. So when somebody reacts. Yeah. So when somebody reacts or doing something because of an external stimulus. So if a troll says something I don't like, or you're being attacked online, Madeline, right? 
you're going to have a community member sit there and boom, try to smack them down or get them to go away or or prove why what they're saying isn't right at all. Think of the term knee-jerk reaction, right? That's what often people do online, more often than not, in fact. But responding is a conscious decision to engage when you're in emotional control of yourself. That doesn't mean that you're not upset or angry, but it means that you can think rationally about uh, by weighing the pros and cons of responding and what impact your action or non-action is going to have both in the moment and on a long-term basis. And so I would encourage people to get out of a purely reactionary mode, which is what most people do, understandably, and get into a responding mode. And responding, I am going to touch on this a little bit later, hopefully, if we have time, but responding can be doing something specific or it can be also responding in your own mind in the sense of deciding to not take any public action at all. Yeah, I'm going to say... This is actually a little bit the way that you and I, Andrea, got to know each other back in the day when we did have a troll that was sort of actively persecuting several of us in a certain community. And one of the things that really helped for me back then was having somebody you could call up and say, oh my gosh, it's happening again. And then you could talk through it. And if you have somebody like that, a lifeline, I guess you could call it somebody that you can talk to that says, don't feed the trolls, Cammie, don't feed the trolls, by the way direct quote from you many, many times. Anyway, the point is, is that if you have somebody who can kind of tell you that in the moment, it helps you to kind of calm down your rational mind, let you start thinking about what your response, if any, is going to be. Are you going to respond? Are you not going to respond? Will it be helpful? Because sometimes you respond to the troll for anybody who's going to come later and see the conversation, not to the troll themselves, for example. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, having a community, whether it's a formal community or it's a community of friends or a lifeline, whatever we want to talk about, it is so vital because people, when they're being attacked online or something they care simply about, they see it maligned, it's really hard not to react to it. And it's also really hard not to feel like you're alone. You know, you were talking about the professional troll cami and i remember very very well who was who this was who went after a community of people based on the work that they did so it wasn't a just hey i don't like the way you look or the way you sound or something nasty like that it was really questioning their professional credibility and, and competency and then spreading rumors about them that were enormously damaging and could have cost people uh, employment in fact and, and definitely was maligning their reputation. So if you see something happening online, what what I tend to do is I very often, and more often than not, will send somebody a private message. Maybe for strategic purposes, I don't want to get in a a thread, let's say a a Facebook thread on a post, because either a lot of people are there already, or I think, uh, unfortunately, somebody may take it the wrong way, or the emotionality is so high that nothing I say is going to make a difference, but I'll send somebody a message. Or if if I know them even better, I'll text them on my phone and I'll say, look, I saw what's happening. Hey man, I'm so sorry about this. This person's, you know, this is a troll or if it's, if it's a, a, um, what did I call a part-time troll? Not the professional troll, but so trollish, trollish actions. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? trollish behavior, which is one of my very, very favorite things you said all day. <laughs> I actually wrote a couple of these things down: trollish and I love that. platforming. I like these words today. Good. We're going to deplatform the trollish people. 
There's going to be a, a quiz for your community members later to, <laughs> to see if they learned the definitions. But yeah, you reach out to this individual and let them know that they're not alone. And don't feel silly about that. I mean, I am so glad that people do it when I felt attacked and I reach out to people and then they come back, even if it's just a, hey, thanks so much. Uh, glad to see I'm not on my own. Do that. Be a supporter. Be an active bystander. And again, active can be behind the scenes or in public. Uh, there's various ways of doing this, but don't let somebody just hang out there to drive because if they feel like they're pushed to the wall, they may react in a way that's going to be very, very counterproductive to them and to the community. For sure. So, Andrea, are there any resources out there that can help with this? Well, yeah. I mean, you can go on our website, for example, Civil Nation's website, and learn about managing difficult people and trolls and, and hard situations, whether as an individual or as a community or as in a business. We offer a bunch of resources online. I also did write a book a couple of years ago called Civility in the Digital Age, How Companies and People Can Triumph Over Haters, Trolls, Bullies, and Other Jerks. That even offers a 30-day plan. So you can find the book on Amazon. Uh, it really is quite good. I even use it, believe it or not, uh, because I forgot partly what I wrote, so I have to go back and refer to this. Cami, in fact, was a technical advisor on the book. So she knows it does what it set out to do. Yeah, it's a great book and really, really um, deep. In fact, a lot of uh, universities are using it as the textbook sometimes for these courses. So I highly recommend that you look at that book. Um, we'll definitely have a link to it in the show notes, as we will to civilination.org. On civilination.org, you can uh, get over there and look for all of those resources that we were talking about. Some great stuff over there that just is there for free for you to go and take a look at including a list of legal representation that, that you can get if you need legal help, if you're in a situation like this that is listed by state and all of that. So really a lot of great resources, Malin, and that Andrea has put together. So Awesome. We'll have links to that in the show notes too for everyone. Absolutely. And um, Andrea, you were part of a documentary last year. I thought that was really interesting because you do a lot of advocacy work as well. And somebody reached out to you to be in a documentary. Could you tell us a little bit about the documentary? Sure. Amy Guth, who's a journalist and radio talk show host in Chicago, she created a multiple episodic documentary called DIN, D-I-N. And the trailer and the first episode are available online. Uh, you can check under her name and, and the name of the documentary, DIN, as I said. And what she's done is she's interviewed a bunch of people about how the hostility that's online is suppressing them through harassment and, and abuse. Going back to, in part, what I had said earlier about freedom of speech, right? When people are attacked online, they're afraid to participate. So I, I was really glad that uh, she reached out to me. I'm part of this, but there are a bunch of other prominent people as well. A lot of women are represented in the documentary, and I'd encourage you to see that. I'm not sure when the next episode is going to come out, but it's really, really amazing, and it doesn't pull any punches. So yeah, encourage we'll you to see that. We'll definitely um, put a link to that in the show notes. I watched the first episode. Very, very powerful. Really, really good conversation that it brings up, especially in an election year like we're in, and you know everybody kind of ramping up for all of us to kind of take a step back and ramp it down a little bit. I just love that. So yeah, thank you very much. 
Yeah, this has all been like amazing information, Andrea. I really appreciate you coming on and talking to all of us about this. As we wrap this up, one more question for you. Is there a way to get rid of trolls? Oh, dear. Well, I wish that there were. But as long as we have a open and free internet, which I hope we continue to have, getting rid of trolls is going to be impossible. But what we do need is to demand that technology companies and social media platforms take ethics more seriously and make them a greater priority. So they need to take a hard line in disallowing misinformation and disinformation, which is what trolls spread. We were talking about some things that Twitter has has recently done. And Twitter, I'm glad to say, while they allow still a lot of blatant trolling behavior from various corners of the political spectrum online, they are taking a harder stance than Facebook, for example, which is in, in some ways, which is really, really encouraging. It's important to note that there's a difference between people and organizations arguing in favor of particular issues or defending particular positions and disseminating untruths or social, financial, or political gain. And that's what the platforms need to take more responsibility about. But as long as these platforms and many commercial websites operate off of an advertising model with revenue really largely dependent on getting as many views or likes as possible, in practical terms, it's going to be impossible to get rid of the trolls. So what we can do in the meantime is adopt some of the things that we talked about earlier. One thing we didn't get to go into any great discussion about, though, is which I would encourage community managers to make great use of, is setting up rules and regulations, what's allowed on their platform, and the type of behavior they're going to promote and what they're going to censure, and hold people accountable to that. Because if there are certain online platforms, you can say, this is what's expected, this is not what what's expected, it's not just going to be a free-for-all, and you have the ability to shape the culture, online culture, that way. Also, keep in mind that, as we've said a few times now, responding to trolls in general is counterproductive, but recognize that there may be a few rare instances where you need to, for example, if they're saying something that is going to be, that's defamatory, or that's going to accuse your community or brand of of illegal activity or something that's morally morally reprehensible, that's where you need to correct information, get it out there, make sure that, that the community knows that you are rejecting something a troll says. But again, there's a way of doing this. This is a lot of this is PR 101. There's a way of doing this without necessarily saying, hey, jerky troll, I disagree with you. Get the information out there. I was going to say a different word, Cammy, but we're trying to keep this. I know you PG. like to keep things. Yeah, exactly. PG. Otherwise, it would be like, yeah, a couple of bad words in there. But anyway, let the community know that you are rejecting what was said about you. Yeah, that's great. That makes sense. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I think the community kind of expects it too. They want you to keep your community clean. They like that. They like that feeling of safety. So if you do have a community where you're in charge, um, like a Facebook community, that's a group or something, you do have control there. There's ban people or, you know, send them packing. There's there's a lot of things you can do inside of that in a very positive way. If you, that's what's really important about what you just said, Andrea, is that you have to have these guidelines up front. So people have expectations of what's going to happen there. So I want to ask you one final question. And that is this, what is the one thing that people can do to help you at Civilian Nation fight online harassment? Um, we've been talking a lot about the problems and some things that the social media networks can do. But what about us as individuals? How can we help? Well, you said one thing, but I want to I want to mention two, and we touch on these a little bit. 
The first is demand that online platforms take responsibility. They claim that they can't do anything about it, but that's absolutely not true. They have to be held accountable, whether that's in a social way, in a legal way, in a, in a, in a whatever way is out there. But platforms can't simply say, oh, well, throw up their hands and say whatever happens on in our four walls, it's none of our business. And the other thing that I want to stress again is to come to the aid of those who are attacked online, as you said. We really have enormous power to shape the culture of the internet if we take the right steps. If we step up, we see, moderate ourselves. And if we go online and we remember to respond but not react, we have a lot more ability than people think they do. That's awesome. And also, I would just recommend that you go and visit civilianation.org, check out the resources there. And if you feel so inclined to make a small donation to Civilization. We would love to see that happen. It's a great organization, as you hear, that Andre is making huge inroads into this area, which is almost impossible. It feels like a mountain that needs to be climbed. And I just want to make sure she feels like we're supporting her out there. So if you could do that, that'd be great. Even every little bit counts. So that being said, thank you so much, Andrea, for joining us today. We loved having you and we appreciate that you took your time out of your busy schedule to come talk to Madeline and myself. I love being here. Thanks so much. Yeah, great You're information. Welcome. Really enjoyed it. Right. And if you have any issues with trolls and you want to talk a little bit more about it, we definitely have an open mic in our community, which is the communitiesthatconvert.com group, forward slash group. You can come on over to our community and we'll love to have a conversation with you there. Madeline, we love people taking action, right? We do. We love our action takers. So come join us in the Facebook group, communitiesthatconvert.com slash group. Kimmy and I will be there and we're ready to have a conversation with you. So come join us. Awesome. All right. So that's it for this episode. We'll be back next week with another great one. Yep. Talk to you then. Hey, this is Madeline. And I want to let you know, you can connect with us on our website at communitiesthatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode. And we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar. That's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R. And also to Cami. Her Twitter handle is at CamiChat. And that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you. Hey, Madeline, don't forget, we want to give a shout out to our friend Todd Giantasio from The Growth Suite, who sponsors the Communities That Convert website. Yeah, if you want to learn how to position yourself as an authority and get found online, check them out at thegrowthsuite.com. And that's suite spelled S-U-I-T-E. Thanks for listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Cami through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com. Mm-hmm.